Hey, 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 we're back with more Baldi's Deliberations. Uh, today we're going to be talking about Best Supporting Actor, a new category. Uh, these are people who are not the leads, but are either part of ensembles or who are supporting the main cast. And we're going to try to recognize them for what they did. Uh, also, if you are wondering, like, what is the Baldi's? How does this all work? Uh, you're intended to watch the ceremony first. That is the actual thing. This is us showing our work. This is the this is the the math teacher making you show your homework so you can see if we're cheating or not. Uh, if this stuff is interesting, feel free to listen to as much or as little as possible as possible as you want. <laughs> and uh, yeah, but check out for ch- check out the uh, award ceremony if you want to know what am I actually supposed to be watching. Uh, okay, best supporting actor. Uh, should we name them off? Yeah, that makes sense. Oh God, there's so many though. Can we take turns? Okay, yeah. Sounds good. All right, I'm going to start off. Stellan Skarsgård as Luthen Rail in from Andor. Genevieve O'Reilly as Mon Mothma from Andor. Andy Serkis as Kino Loy from Andor. <laughs> what? This guess, isn't right. Marijuana as Snake Leaf from Star Trek Picard. <laughs> what? Did, did you? Did, who did uh, this? Did you add this? I don't remember I didn't add this. doing it. Seriously? Maybe Talitha got in here. Yeah. Oh my God! This is this know. is wrong. This is wrong. <laughs> it's amazing. It might take it though. On on a list. Oh my God! Yeah, we'll see. Uh, Zach Cherry as Dylan from Severance. Uh, John Turturro as Irving Bailiff from Severance. Hmm. Nate Cordry as Larry Wilson for for All Mankind. Laz Alonzo as Mother's Milk from The Boys. Rhett Gelman as Murray Bauman from Stranger Things. Burn Gorman as Charles Bluthorn from The Offer. Matthew Good as Robert Evans from The Offer. Dan Fogler as Francis Ford Coppola from The Offer. Dan Fogler. Jason Clark as Jerry West in Winning Time. Adrian Brody as Pat Riley in Winning Time. Huh. Telling you. I'm telling you. Solomon Hughes as Kareem Abdul-Jabbar from Winning Time. Giovanni, Giovanni Ribisi as Joe Colombo in The Offer. Anthony... Polito as Al Pacino from The Offer. Wow. The Offer. Justin Chambers as Marlon Brando in The Offer. Michael Mando as Nacho Varga from Better Call Saul. Uh, Eve Best as Princess Rhaenys Targaryen in House of the Dragon. Ewan Mitchell as Prince Aemon Targaryen from House of the Dragon. Tessa Thompson as Charlotte slash Dolores in Westworld. Ed Harris is the man in back, and the man in back <laughs> is black and back in Westworld. Oh, Daniel Wayman is the stranger. Rings of power. Owain Arthur is during the fourth in Rings of Power. And Crispin Glover is Richard Pickman in Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities. You sure you don't want seven more people in Cabinet of Curiosities? Nope. There's no wall of curiosity no in this solid, category. solid layer of curiosity. No. Nope. Uh, okay. Well, that's uh, that's who ends in running. It's a big field. Let's start roughly sorting them into the top, to the bottom, or let them float. Stellan Skarsgård is at the top, and I think that's appropriate. Uh-huh. Uh, Genevieve O'Reilly is Mon Mothma. To the top. To the top. Mm-hmm. All right. Andy Circus is Keno Loy. To the top. To the top. Wow. Yeah. Marijuana Snickamaneef. Marijuana Snake Leaf. To the bottom. That's a Harry Potter <laughs> character, right? Marijuana Snake Leaf. <laughs> yeah. Uh, JK's got weird. To the weird. bottom. 
to mm. the bottom. What we can't get away with. What, what what is this? What is Rafi and Picard's? Uh, this is a joke. <laughs> this is a joke. I'm deleting it. Yeah, it can go. I honestly don't remember how it got on the list, but that's amazing. Yeah, I uh, uh, Michelle Hurd. Michelle Hurd, perfectly fine actor. Um, oh, she's not getting nominated. Kind of, kind of a ridiculous character, and I'm uh, now that the joke's over, taking her off the list. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marijuana Snake Leaf has been stricken as a joke entry. Zach Cherry is Dylan G from Severance mm, to the top. To the top. John Turturro is Irving Bela from Severance. Here's the problem: there's nobody who's not amazing on this list. Uh, well, that's there. It's been said. To the top. I think we're gonna get to some floats though. To the what? To the top. Oh, I thought you said to the bottom. I'm like, no. what the fuck? No. Uh, I'm going to make a suggestion that we float Nate Cordray oh. as Larry Wilson for All Mankind. Larry Wisen. Because uh. I can't in good faith say that they're going to he's going to make it past any of the people on the, the head of him on the list thus far. Uh, you're probably right. We can float him. Oh, I should convert this unordered list into an ordered list. Bang. We have yeah. 26 people on this list. Um, I'm going to say the same thing about Laz Alonzo for Mother's Milk. Yeah, I, I really like the stuff he had to do with his daughter and the Nazis this season. But like, yeah. Um. Oh, his fucking I'm ex's boy boyfriend. What a piece! What a piece of work! Oh, that guy. Jesus! Yeah. Um, it happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brett Gelman is Mar- Mar- Mari Bowman. <laughs> I'm going uh, to also suggest he floats. Yeah, he's gotten his due, and he's doing the the Murray Valman thing. I'm I'm cool with that. Burn Gorman as Charlie Bloodhorn. I mm-hmm. kind of want to send to the top. Okay, yeah, because I want to talk. I want to I want to talk about him. Um, and I guess we talk about everybody, but mm-hmm. Matthew Good is Robert oh, Evans. I'm going to suggest him to the top. Thank you. Yeah. Uh oh, but Dan Fogler. Mm. he's good man this is really we're talking support support here mm-hmm. um ah. yeah matthew ah. good you could almost argue is a lead in this in some ways but like yeah boy him and yeah i just say to he the... did have a pretty substantial role yeah to the top to the top but I doubt he's going to stay yeah. as high as some as yeah, he is right as now. Number one, yeah. Uh, Jerry Clark is Jerry, or Jason Clark is Jerry West uh, from Winning Time. Ooh, yeah. I'm going to take all three of these guys to the top. Hmm, okay, because I think they're going to get it past a lot of these people to be floated. So, and I want to I want to talk about them, especially since you haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that brings us to Giovanni Rabisi as Joe Colombo. Oh man, he's so good. I want to go to the top with all three of these. Offer, okay. The, the wall of offer. Right. Take it to the top. Okay, let's do it. Uh, then we've got Michael Mando, which I'm actually shocked that he made it out of season five of Better Call Saul. I thought for sure that I was when I was going to finale of Better Call Saul that I was going to be seeing the death of Nacho Varga. Have you seen and any of season I, six yet? Nah, uh, uh-uh, not yet. Okay, not yet. 
Um, I, like I said, I was, I was, I thought, cause I thought I'd even heard that like he went out in season five. So the whole, so what time oh, no. I'm watching, like the noose kind of tighten around him and then kind of miraculously slacken and then tighten. I was like, Oh my God. But, mm-hmm. um, anyway, uh, Eve best. Uh, oh yeah. What are we doing? He's got a good, I'm pursuing. Oh, he goes yeah, to the top. Yeah. yeah. Michael Mando to the top. I mean, is he not the best of the breakouts from Better Call Saul? Like you want to talk about say yes. uh, Chuck, you know, but you know, uh, but yeah, he's, he's like a real... known quantity. <laughs> well, Michael I mean, McKee I, mean, I just meant around. like, I guess new characters introduced just for Better Call Saul. Oh, oh. I mean, I guess Kim Wexler is yeah, a she's... number one, uh-huh. but Nacho's a number one B. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh, whatever the fuck that means. Where are we at here? Oh, Eve Best as Princess Rainus Targaryen. Uh, yes, she's very good. I remember her scenes with Corlys being very good. Do we want to float her or? Uh, I think I'm okay floating the next to House of the Dragons. I think they'll go higher, but I don't need. Mm-hmm. I think like mm-hmm. going taken to the top is going to be a mess. Okay, fair. Uh, Tessa Thompson float. There's yeah. something over the top about her performance. It's and it's somewhat the material and the directing, I think. But it's very very vampy and campy. But mm-hmm. I I do like it. Um. I think I'm fine with her floating. What about Ed Harris as Man in Black? Man in Black from Westworld. Uh, I think I'm Final fine with season. him floating too. I do like his, you know, the the duality of his character in this season. But mm-hmm. like I said, I want to talk about all these guys. Daniel yeah. Wayman is a stranger in Rings of Power. Hmm. I'd I'd probably float him. Okay. And then we have uh, Owen Arthur as during the fourth. I'm fine with floating. Yeah. And Crispin Glover. Here's the wild card. Guerra, Crispin Glover. Guillermo never. Del Toro. Cag- Cabinet of Curiosities. Never going to get another opportunity for Crispin Glover. Uh, he'll be higher on this list for me, but we can float him there. Okay. Well... Let's then talk about Michael Mando as Nacho Varga. You don't have to really sell me on this guy because yeah. he was excellent in the season five. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I was talking about season five, I would be definitely talking about him being in a supporting one of the best supporting actors. So yeah, I think he's even better in season I, six. Yeah, don't I guess don't spoil it for no, me. I don't want to. Although, like I said, I got the I got the idea that he dies. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, um, you'll have to watch and find out. But I'm I'm gonna say he belongs where he is for now. Certainly. Were you what would you what do you say is particularly stand out about it, the final season performance of his Breaking Bad? Breaking <sighs> Boy, also. How do I talk about this without spoilers? Uh, he has a particularly good scene of spite uh, for the Salamancas. He's got um, a particularly he's really a man trapped because it's not like he uh, loves he he doesn't love Gus either. No, but they got they got it they got the his dad on uh, uh, uh you know. Um, he has a good a good couple of scenes when he is 
let's say hiding out. Hmm. Some hiding. Some, huh? some real good work there. Um yeah, I can't say much without spoiling it, but he's asked to um do a lot of pretty strong emotional work in this season. And it worked for me. That's Especially the second half. I'm, say... I'm thinking mostly of the second half. Well, I guess the, that's a spoiler the, the in thing... itself, right? Um, that imp- well, I guess the thing that impressed me about uh, his performance in this last season of season five is how controlled it was. Uh-huh. Like it's not a big showy one; it's just more of an extremely tense. Yep, that continues. This man's putting his he- this, this man's just putting his head down and just trying to do his best to, you know, keep putting one foot in front of the other, not mm-hmm. dying. <laughs> uh, Giovanni Ribisi as Joe Colombo. You know, I don't think I've ever seen Giovanni Ribisi in a role where he's kind of like large and in charge. Yeah. He usually plays what I would call a pudwhacker. (laughs) I haven't heard that term since middle school in 1995. I can't believe it's what came to mind when I just like, I had had no, my brain, I I had no terminus for that sentence. It just pudwhacker. Sure. Sure. <laughs> it's it's not it's not that's how incorrect. he's credited in gone in 60 seconds right <laughs> it might literally be i don't the know the pudwhacker uh i mean i know he's like he's great as uh, the medic wade and um band of brothers but that's the only other one that i've ever seen him not just be just a complete fuck up loser yeah um, he's like and he transformative in this role uh as joe colombo not only uh in his performance, but in the physicality, right? Um, he put on a lot yeah. of weight for this. He an age. He's jowly. Yes, and I think it really helped to sell this character. Um, and yeah, his performance is is a huge part of that. It's not just physical either. And there's there's a little there's a there's a certain amount of hutzpah of this character that you've got Joe Colombo, a mafia Don who is running an anti-Italian defamation league. That's trying to keep them from making the Godfather because it's too racist towards Italians, even though he is living up or down that stereotype. I just thought that was so fascinating. And he doesn't really like, he doesn't really grapple with that. It's just like, how fucking dare they say all Italian, just proud Italian men. How fucking dare they say all Italians are like me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just I don't know it's really yeah there isn't a really lot of funny. introspection there but, it, but there is like a lot of uh, different uh, roles he has here to play he has to oh. play the Don who is like putting his foot down on this production that everybody he's menacing sees yeah, as, against yeah, the racist. hero and then he also has to play the guy who's like gung-ho about getting this project done because because mm-hmm. he's convinced at some point right like yeah, he believes in uh, the producer, um, uh-huh. and there's like that kind of like twisted relationship that they have, and you kind of yeah, you eventually learn to like and respect, and it and, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it's yeah, it's 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 an interesting role, and I think he does it really well. Totally. Uh, what do we say about him being better than Michael Mando? Uh, I'd probably say no. Um... Is it the the amount of material or is it just the overall strength? I think it's the overall strength of it. Yeah. Um, And, and I don't want to like wait, no pun intended too heavily. The uh, physical transformation that Rubisi did, because 
Michael Mando isn't asked to do that, right? So I feel like mm, it'd be unfair right. to say, well, Ravisi changed his whole body for this. Right. So, yeah, I'm good with those two where they are. Anthony Ippolito as Al Pacino from The Offer. This guy is fucking young Al Pacino. It's incredible yeah. to watch him play this kind of like... And, and it's like, it's so great. It's such great casting because when he walks in the door and he starts up with his shit... You can see why, like Charlie Bloodhorn mm-hmm. and you know uh, the Matthew Good. What was his character? Um, uh, Robert. Robert. And, yeah, and Bob, Bob Evans. Evans. Yeah. <laughs> and Bob Evans, like, get this guy's going to be the Godfather. This mm-hmm. little wisp of a dude who's like theater kid, drop. Like, there's just nothing substance to him. It's a joke. Mm-hmm. But he's got the goods. But you have, and he even plays he's nervous about it, right? Like he doesn't oh, yeah. quite know how to step into that role, and he plays it really well. Yeah, well, I mean, they literally play that. Um, uh-huh. You know, like uh, that. I don't know if that's if apocryphal, if that's uh, how it actually went. But uh, you know, Francis Ford Coppola is able to use that nervousness, and like I does. I think the what it was is like the very first scenes they shot with him are like Kim and Kay shopping. Uh, which is like whatever, mm-hmm. and then the next one they did is the bat, the the famous uh, shootout with what McCluskey, sure, and the, the Slotso. Uh, no, 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 the one at the cafe oh the diner, actually, yeah, yeah, right, right, and right. like if if that's if that went down the way it is, where they took this kid who's like super nervous about to throw up in the toilet because <laughs> of this opportunity that he doesn't even think maybe he's good enough for, and they channel that into him being so nervous about this Don shit he's about to do. It's great. And they, they trick however, him with the gun. Yeah, that's the placement of it. However, it's a very, very small role. Yeah, it is. So same, I same actually with the next think, one, but I think it's okay. I think it's okay for he to be under Giovanna Rabisi. Uh, let's move to Justin Chambers as Marlon Brando. Another one of these shockingly accurate like it looks like young Marlon Brando mm-hmm. and that scene, Sounds which I like have him. read enough to know this is very well attested to that. They do this makeup test and they get like, cause he wouldn't, he wouldn't do a, he, he wouldn't actually come in and do a audition. Right. Sure. And they said, Hey, we want to do a screen test just to make sure that the producers are cool with you. He'd get insulted. But what they did is they just wanted to do some makeup tests and, you know, kind of see how, <laughs> And the story is Brando kind of went over and he's got this like actors. I don't know, like like the way you might have a wet bar. He's got an acting bar and he just goes, <laughs> he gets some shoe polish and he gets some cotton and he just like comes up with the Don there on the spot. And you get to see that transformation. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. The, the Yeah, the, the way he transforms into Marlon, uh, into uh, Vito Corleone is crazy because he basically turns his back for a second when he turns around he is that guy and i feel like it's a hard thing to do with a performance is just turn on a dime like that because until that point he's playing like this kind of out there kooky actor who is just feeling out the role they want him to play or whatever and it just yeah it's like a switch that he flips we'll be right back with more bald move after this brief pause And now back with more bald move. Yeah, it'd be really funny if the I wonder if you could if the digital technology is good enough to go into that scene and have him putting like an orange peel in his mouth. Uh-huh. Like that's what he's going. 
he's actually going for the the the, the later look. Mm-hmm. Um, he's really good. Um, I really love the dinner table scene oh, where yeah, Coppola yeah. is just he gets the whole principal cast together and just has a classic Italian dinner and just kind of tests the the family chemistry and and like Coppola is just grinning like an idiot because right. he just sees this all working. Like you can see the like James Con character like yeah getting hot headed right. He's you can see sunny. yeah you can. Yeah, you can see everyone just like fits into to like just plays the role. And again, I don't know if that's yeah, apocryphal yeah. or not, but that was a great scene. Uh, and again, like in descending order, like I think uh, the Anthony Ippolito's got half the scenes that Giovanni Ribisi's got. Justin Chambers got half the scenes that mm. Anthony Ippolito. So I think these guys are sorted about right. Yeah. Uh, Jason Clark is Jerry West, the logo on Winning Time. You know the NBA logo of the profile of the guy that's kind of like doing oh, a, yeah, yeah. D- d- doing a cut uh-huh. of it's like the you know red, white, and blue. That is the silhouette of Jerry West. He's oh. called the logo, and he was a talented player on the Lakers, and then he was a coach, and he was a miserable failure because he hated winning so bad. He got so gripped up and. While apparently a very talented basketball player, he couldn't teach for shit. And he's mm, not the yeah. patience. Like he's got this fundamental understanding of the sport. And like, if you don't get it at that level, he just cannot, it, it's just infuriating for him to talk to you. Sure. And he plays such a fucking hothead, like in such contrast to his public I- image. Hmm. And I've done enough research to know that like, I guess Jerry West is behind closed doors, kind of a bastard. Uh, He's just enormously entertaining. This whole fucking show, again, if you have any affection for early 80s sports, I highly encourage you to check this out because it's an enormously entertaining series about these crazy, uh, unlikely personalities. Um, he's great at being the the unhinged rage uh, of, of Jerry West. And then Adrian Brody, I... I, I I think I joked about this in public, but if not, I'll do it again. Uh, Adrian Brody was born to play Pat Riley in the exact opposite way that he wasn't born to be Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mm-hmm. He and like because you're you're coming at like at, at, at the beginning of the Pat Riley, another famous Laker who's retired. He is now on. He's the color commentator for the local radio team, and not doing not really fitting in really well with their play-by-play guy and feeling. Um, and we're going to know eventually that he's going to be this multiple title winning. He's going to be Riles. He's going to be Pat Riley with the slick back hair and the thousand dollar suits and the sunglasses. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing him struggle and like, even to become like an assistant coach and help out. But every, every, episode or two there'll be this weird like flashback thing where like in the middle of his scene you'll see like like this this like him as his future self with the hair slicked back and the suit and like there's like fog running through it it's this like epic i don't know what they're doing with it but i love it every time they do like it's like rise it i don't know maybe it's like the times he's channeling that energy um Hmm. interesting but he's just completely rock solid as this this frustrated pat riley who's learning how to integrate himself post playing and the uh for the los angeles lakers i'd Um, say physically i imagine he makes a pretty good pat riley it's like either him or christian bale or like the two that i could maybe see 
he does. He looks really off. good. And you start because like this is the late 70s, I think, when we're getting started. And he's got like shaggier hair and he's wearing, you know, uh, like plaid suit coats and just kind of like really he's got this wild mustache and mm-hmm. he doesn't look anything like he's about to come, which is why I think those scenes where you, you go towards the like very quaffed and and well manicured image that he eventually will 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 get. Uh, it's it's great. Um, and then to finish out the block here, Solomon Hughes is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Uh, I don't know where they got this six foot ten dude that looks like Kareem and has got that kind of like zen to him. And also like because, you know, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was a like a civil rights sports guy when that wasn't I mean, it's never I don't think it's ever been popular to be a black actor who hasn't. I'm sorry, a black sports an athlete. That mm-hmm. has an opinion. Yeah. But like, it feels like Kareem, it really wore on him. The fact that he had this enormous privilege and power and wealth uh, at this kind of like white man's game. And at a time where it wasn't super great to be black in America. And he felt all those hypocrisies and those tensions. And he's extremely intelligent, extremely well-read, extremely plugged into current events, still is to this day. And like that brooding player running into the magic Johnson, you know, aura of this guy who's just got a big old smile on his face and he's just happy to be here. And there's no, like their, their tension. Like, I don't, I don't think that, uh, that, uh, I would think so much about the magic Johnson performance if it wasn't had mm-hmm. this excellent Kareem to kind of like play off of. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I actually think that particularly Adrian Brody probably needs to get into the Al Pacino level. Okay. Um, do you like, is that okay with you? Or <laughs> I have like, no this idea, is, man. It's like where we, I know we haven't, neither one of us has seen, well, I, I mean, we've both seen, we've both seen the offer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Michael Mando is currently at the top, so do what you're yeah. going to do here. I, I don't know about winning time. Um, and I think Solomon Hughes is a little bit better than Jerry West. And I think he he's he's also like arguably the co-lead. So like just mm-hmm. from sheer amount of I think I'm going to put both of these guys above Al Pacino. But um, okay. I don't know. Out of respect for you not seeing it, I won't take Joe Colombo's spot. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're back to the offer, Dan Fogler. Oh, yeah. Can I say he's kind of doing the Dan Fogler thing? I mean, he's definitely like emoting the passion for film that clearly Francis Ford Coppola had at the time. But but it's it's Dan Fogler, right? I don't think he's got a here's the thing. I don't think this is a great Francis Ford Coppola performance. Mm-hmm. He looks a lot like him especially when he gets the long hair wig on and the glasses yeah, and the funny, sure. but like, I don't think he does it because I've heard Francis Ford Coppola talk a bunch uh-huh, and I don't think uh-huh. he does a great performance the way like this guy who does Al Pacino, Anthony Polito. Yeah, yeah. He caught fucking nails that seventies era, young, fresh out of film school, Pacino, mm-hmm. like the mannerisms, the tone of voice. Yeah. Uh, same thing with the Justin Chambers, the Brando. Um, Fogler is kind of Foglin. Yeah. He's Foglin. I think he fogled himself into eighth place where he's currently at. So this is can continue to float him? Yeah, I think so. 
Uh, now, Matthew Good as Robert <laughs> Evans. Uh, this is the exact opposite end of the spectrum, man. He is putting on a performance in every frame. I can't believe this guy's Ozymandias. Right? Right? Because he talks like a disc jockey. <laughs> uh huh. He looks with, with like a sinus infection. <laughs> Like, right yeah his nasally yeah yeah and he's uh-huh. got like you know he's just always got this megawatt smile impeccable except for the times when he kind of falls apart and starts yes. believing in his own mystique goes, and i thought that how, plot line or goes full howard hughes with with uh depression right like that he gets to go a lot of places it, in like, this yeah, he has like a crisis of conscience or crisis of confidence over, uh, I think, a, a woman issue and just mm-hmm. him like, you know, because it is like, what do you do as a Hollywood producer? Everything, nothing, smoke oh, and mirrors, yeah, yeah. lies and bullshit. Yeah, like the, the the imposter fraud complex that these people must be susceptible to is off the charts. And they, I, I think they sold every minute of that. I think this sure. guy could go to the top in I, my opinion i want him at the top i okay the, the performance is incredible yeah i mean he's a lot of fun he's also a lot oh, of pathos yeah. uh it's just and again the i, I cannot believe this is the ozymandias guy he's just such mm-hmm. a wild and crazy dude uh oh man burn gorman as charlie bloodhorn mm-hmm i mean another one like i can't believe this is the dude from pacific rim I can't believe this is the fucking legend of Jen Alley. This this nutty Bavarian <laughs> uh, guy who owns like this petroleum industrial company and they've acquired Paramount as like essentially a vanity project because he loves movies and him like flip flopping between, you know, wanting to run this place like a business and also being a lover of cinema and them working on those affections and. He's just, I don't know, man. He's just great. He's, he's I've never Colin seen a character like that. Hanks in his ear the whole time. Who, who has a personal vendetta, seemingly, against uh, the studio. Yeah, you know, Colin Hanks might belong in this list. It's just, I hated his character. And I, that's... Yeah, totally. Uh, he's such a, such a... Ah. But, I mean, even that, that character has a great arc. Uh, mm-hmm. I love the offer. Um, I don't know if this goes all the way to the top because his performance is pretty one note um mm-hmm. it's a great note but it is one um i did de- i definitely think he's above giovanni ribisi though and i think there's going to be more daylight between <laughs> him and mando and michael good as we go on but what do you think about that is that too much uh yeah let's put him up there see how it feels okay because i can almost guarantee you yeah, we're about they'll to get hit. pushed out of the top five. We're about we're about to hit a buzzsaw here. John Taturo as Irving Bailiff. Um, yeah, man, what an interesting this, character. This was my least favorite of the Cubicle Crew, but by the end of the season, like he was one of my. I mean, there's like I, at the end of the season, I loved everybody. Oh yeah, but like yeah. this guy is such a fucking turd. <laughs> And such a, a real stickler downer, yeah. for like, like, like it's, it's such a weird thing for your psyche to do when you're in this situation. Like, I don't know how you act if you're essentially enslaved by your super ego, mm-hmm. but this like turning into like an extreme hall monitor 
and like just being all about the thing um, is such an interesting. I think John Turturro did a great job of it. And there's like a lot of tender work with him and Christopher Walken. Yes. Of all people. Mm -hmm. I really love their relationship. Um, Yeah, that's easily the best part of their arc in the season. Just a couple of times when they're just staring at paintings together or yeah Yeah. meeting up in the hallway and having a talk (laughs) i was just thinking like i was like uh right before i went to bed because we had been talking about severance uh during the deliberations and i started thinking about what was that jazz the violent jazz or oh uh, yeah um um defiant jazz (laughs) Uh god what a great episode Oh, um, yeah. Jeez. Jeez. What a great, what a great show. I can't wait for it to come back. Yeah. Um, that thing doesn't work without everybody. I, I, yeah. Cause like I'm looking down this list. Zach Cherry is next as Dylan from Severance. Oh my God. And he's, I just, I love him. I love him. Every second he's on the screen, I'm delighted. Is the performance better than John Turturro? Maybe not, but the character is more likable. That's the thing. It's like Dylan is just the he's like the Amos of the show. He's just Uh like, I don't know that he's the best. He's certainly not the most important, but by God, he is my favorite. Yes. But how do you rank that? Because John Tatura is asked to do harder material, I think. Uh, You know, quiet, emotional moments tend to be more difficult than just being the funny man, right? Yeah, and like I mean, we're that's the thing. I think it's such a great moment when uh, Dylan is doing the thing at the end of the season, mm-hmm. and uh, Milchek's trying to, to, to get him to stop, <laughs> and he just "fuck you, Mister Milchek." Uh-huh. <laughs> so it's like it's such a cheer. It's like it's something like it feels like something out of kindergarten, totally. But it in its in the seat in the context it's so fucking badass. Like, what like do we do you've with got these the guys? bottle of paste and you're running around the room with it, playing right. keep away from the teacher. Fuck you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Give me that paste back. <laughs> Fuck you, Mrs. Miller. Yeah. So funny. Uh-huh. Um, and did yeah, it's like that's like that's such a ridiculous fucking set piece, but it plays so heroic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um God damn! I can't. I can't, I'm going to do a full series rewatch before this that uh, season comes out. Um, it's so tense. I mean, that scene is so tense. In fact, if we don't, and this is the big if, if we don't have anything going on, I would love to do like a rewatch publicly. Like, yeah. Just do yeah. a s- episode by episode and the lead up to, and uh, yeah, get that done. Because man, that'd be that would a lot be of fun. cool. We'll see if we have time. Uh, but how do you rank him against like John Turturro and and where do I mean, these bet, people uh, belong yeah. on the list? Yeah, I mean, I kind of think they're at the top, and I think Dylan is a little bit better than Turturro. Whoa, I, at the very top. Yes, it's hard for me to get. Either yeah. of these guys passed Michael Mando. Um, really? I mean, I can't, I don't know, but like, I this one of those things where like, we've got Matthew Good over Man- Michael Mando, which I'm not sure if we are going to settle with. And I think that both of these guys are better. Oh, that's. 
I'd, Ooh, I'd let's maybe... take him to the top of the burn gorman pile at least yeah that's that's what i'm feeling and we might have to bust them up too because like i said there is a little maybe. daylight between my affection for dylan and, and irving but again i that's not that might not even be about Taturo and yeah no i'm trying to wait like my enjoyment of the character versus the performance yeah but i mean i never did that with west west chatham always did really well in the baldies just because i loved him so much uh-huh I don't know if I could defend his ultimate ranking in, in any particular. I don't ever think he won either. Sociopathy, yeah. Yeah. Sociopathy. Uh, um, what's next? Okay. Oh. Andy Circus. Oh, now we boy. get to a buzzsaw. Here's the other, here's the other buzzsaw. Andy Circus is Kino. The thing is, is Dude. most of the things we've been talking about thus far have been some type of comedy. Uh-huh. And, you know, when you've got comedy versus drama, even something as silly as something said a long, long time ago in a galaxy <laughs> far away, it just feels more important. Yeah, there's like nothing. Andy Circus getting to the top of the prison, looking down and seeing the ocean <sighs> is already better than fuck you, Mr. Melchek. And that mm-hmm. was like the best scene that Dylan had in the whole damn season. And it's maybe the second best scene that Andy Circus gets in right and or what I, would you say is the better one? It, it, to me, oh, it's the, a toss the, up between the resolving speech, to uh-huh, the 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 intercom speech. Let's say yeah 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 um and that that yeah looking at the ocean I I really 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 like Andy Circus uh. I I mm, god damn do I want to put this at the top? I feel like I want this to go to the top. Uh, the next three, like Andy Circus, Genevieve O'Reilly, and Stellan Skarsgård, might travel as a pack. But I was trying to avoid doing keep doing I that know. because like I'm like so Stellan Skarsgård. If we want to, can we skip to him real quick? Sure. Stellan Skarsgård belongs to the top of this list, I think. Uh huh. I don't know if he'll stay there, but like, I still get, I, I, I see that speech come up a lot on TikTok and Twitter and like Reddit and stuff. And every time I get sucked into watching it, and it's kind of become a little bit of a copy pasta too. Like when people. The one where are, he's talking to the undercover. Yeah. Uh, what have I sacrificed? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's become like a meme, like when people are talking about you know uh what they had to go through to do something like they'll they'll, they'll trot out that the you know what have i what have i sacrificed uh yeah great I let's trivialize my, yeah. that shit sure yeah it's it but every time i every time i get sucked into it i'm like it gives me chills it's a fucking great it's a fucking great speech it's a fucking great monologue yeah and delivered um, with true feeling and authority by stellan Skarsgård. yes Yes. I, I believe every single word out of his mouth. I mean, I've seen a lot of it, but I also would believe it if I hadn't seen it just from the delivery. Yeah. Yeah. That line where he's like, I have what something about. Um, I've been unable to escape from the calculation that I myself developed 15 years ago that points to one answer that I am damned like god damn that's a really and like what was the line about burning in the fires of of 
Yeah, and he takes Something. love and friendship and loyalty oh, and, uh, and he's, right. he's burnt it into crucible of his uh, resolve or I don't I can't remember. Yeah, I, I said the, the whole damn speech is something else. Yeah, I remember the feeling. I remember the chills I got listening to that speech. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree um, to the top. And he plays that like I love watching him go from like the dandy art collector that's just mm-hmm. like, you know, all surface level and charm to like or sometimes when he's doing both where he's like yes. vocally performing for the microphones that. But he's like talking to his assistant and being serious. Or like I've always liked Stellan. You've got the guy waiting outside through the glass front doors and every time he and, turns his face toward him he'll be all smiles and happy and then he turns his back right. and it's back to the rebellion leader yeah right it's like again i wasn't expecting any of this stuff from a star Wars. not that the star wars productions are necessarily amateur hour all the time i've seen you know i think mandalorian has always done at a very high level but this is like that plus a plot i actually gave a damn about yeah. that i had to pay attention to you know mm-hmm. uh i think he easily goes to the top Okay. Again, I don't know if he'll stay there, but that's the place he needs to be. Um, and then let's work our way up to Genevieve O'Reilly, which I don't even think this is going to be like, I think next season is when the shit's really going to hit the fan for Mon Mothma. But mm-hmm. I thought she's a great Mon Mothma. And I really felt the tension of her being like pushed and pulled and her husband's causing her grief. And, and the way you know, like their daughter is being fought over as a pawn in in their yeah. relationship like what is she willing to sacrifice yeah every time i saw something and it's just how she gets in deeper and you can see the worry growing uh and the fear when she thinks she's caught I, and she hasn't quite lost her idealism she thinks that uh-huh. she can fight this like just righteous war this rear guard action against the empire and win kind of like you know and and she just hasn't gotten it yet mm-hmm. you know we're still what, five years away from the woman who will say in a haunted voice, many Bothans died to bring us this information. Like, yeah. she still has a little bit of optimism that we can, you know, with judicious action and the right amount of pressure that we can stop all this from happening. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I think they're really setting her for some dark shit next season. But since it's this season, I don't think that the material she did in quantity or quality was as good as Stellan Skarsgård. Oh, sure. Um, And I'm, I don't know. Do we even, does it even get over the severance crew? Uh, I think so. I might nestle it in at like number four. Above Zach Cherry? Above Dylan? Yeah. Yeah, well, I don't know about like, that. Like I said, he's kind of asked to just be. I don't funny, know about man. that. Yeah, it's it's debatable for sure. The waffle party? That man carried the waffle party. <laughs> True. That's the thing. How True. is the waffle party not fucking ridiculous? How is oh, it not? It is. How is it? How how don't you just hold your sides and laugh during the waffle party? Mm-hmm. But I think it's because because Zach Zach Cherry. Yeah. Because he's not laughing. Jesus Christ. Um. Okay. Andy Circus so is that, way too low. I love Andy Circus. Oh, one hundred percent. I think. Ooh, he's not going to get another shot at this. Probably better than Mon Mothma's like this character this season. I love his transformation, 
And the, the resistance that he shows to the idea that maybe if we just hold out here uh, and wait, things will get better. You know, a lot of these people's arcs are very similar. I just think that like this is a very similar arc to Mon Mothma. Like at the be- when you first meet him, like I just want to do my time and get the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. I want to stay on protocol. I don't want anybody fucking with. I don't want anybody. I, I, we we are going to work hard and we're going to, you know, pay our debts to the system and then we're going to go on with our lives. And when he slowly realizes that with the Empire, that's just never going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, they're never going to be let go like the, uh, you know, him, Kim grappling that realization and then galvanizing himself to action. It's yeah, it's great. I, I think it's, it's transformation from he, he has like two trans two or three transformations right in this season. He goes from a guy who is the leader of a group to a guy who is demoralized by his discoveries about the situation he's in. To a guy who then has to be a leader in a different way. And I feel like the the way that he portrays that roller coaster of responsibility is just incredible. It's just incredible. I I, I he brings all of like the resistance to it. And I, I don't mean that in like a rebellion kind of way. I just mean he's he's reluctant, you know? Um he doesn't think he has it in him. And he finds it. And I I just love that. I love it. I think he's better than Mon Mothma, but I also think Mon Mothma's too high up here. So uh, do you think he's better than Nacho Varga? Do you think he's better than Michael Mando? Do you think he's better oh, than Matthew Good? Man. Where I'm trying to get to like like a eye doctor. Where do I get to like the clear better, you know? I don't think he's better than Matthew Good. Okay, so he's Michael no higher Mando. than three. Oh man! And you also got the body of work that Nacho's put in mm-hmm. versus this yeah, thing, six you know, seasons, three yeah. episodes of. Yeah, I, I might put Andy Circus just above Genevieve O'Reilly, number four. Okay, how do you feel about? Zach Cherry? I feel that's okay. I, I I do I do think Genevieve O'Reilly is too high as Mon Mothma. Think so? I do. Based I, on I, material, I don't. I don't think she belongs above either of the any of the Severance crew who have you know. Like I just think what they did was harder. How do we have such um, a lack of women on this list? We have like four in total. Is it just there I weren't mean, a lot they, of supporting roles for women? They did, they did a out? lot. They did a lot better on but on the the the, the leads, actor category. Yeah. But I'm. It does look like we're going to have two men winning the best actor supporting actor uh which... well it looks like we're gonna have five men in the top five of best supporting actor which is what we were worried about when we started well, these we got categories, three right? out of three i know three out of five of the top so five are women on the best actor but yeah it's gonna it looks like it's gonna be a solid top i don't know we, I, i'm we, trying I not know, to wait it probably. just because it's women i'm just I looking at the list like how game. are there so few yeah 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 um, I don't know. Maybe this is a bad experiment. Maybe we should go back to yeah. best ma- best best male and female actor. No doubt, our our sexism, like, but have yeah, have yeah. the non-binary people caucus with the whatever gender that they're portraying. Uh, I mean, but I mean, we're just kicking that in the can because eventually you'll mm-hmm. have because mm-hmm. like I don't have a problem. Like, okay, if you have a trans uh trans woman or trans man, just put them under the women and men's category, respectively. 
non-binary is the thing where it's a real a sticking point because like it's inevitable that you're gonna have a non-binary person portray a non-binary character Mm -hmm. and then what what the fuck and what do you do um so yeah okay well yeah i'm i'm good with this so you think genevieve o'reilly is still too high huh over the severance I do, crew. But I but we can we can kind of put a like you know I said I, I don't wanna we, we can settle that for later. Okay. Uh boy, here we go. Nate Cordray is Larry Wilson for all mankind. Like Man. I'm I really very like against him. him going higher. <laughs> Cause I I, I mean fine. I can see him again above some people here, right? Like probably above Dan Fogler as Francis Ford Coppola, but Honestly, yeah, not uh, not above yeah. Giovanni Ribisi, which is the next one that I have like a real stake in. Uh, agree to float. Yeah, Laz Alonzo as Mother's Milk. Uh, the boys. All right. Um. <sighs> yeah, I really liked his arc with his daughter this season. He's the only one of the boys that didn't compromise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess Miko. I don't think she really compromised either. But yeah, ever, I yeah she like. But I think he he had a great season with his daughter, with mm-hmm. his his uh, her daughter's stepfather. Mm-hmm. Uh, his frustration with the whole team with Butcher, you know, going rogue. Um, mm-hmm. You know him going into that here, like I think he's the like arguably the best part of Hero Gasm going in there with no superpowers, nothing but like a sense of right. I mean, it's stupid, but um, I admire that uh, Devil May Care spit into the flames of hell kind of approach to things. Mm-hmm. Still the spiritual center of the group. It's just boy, kind of stiff okay competition. Yeah, and the boys is a week. It was a is is a, is a weak season. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brett Gelman as Murray Bauman, uh, Stranger Things. This guy is great. Mm-hmm. It's a funny character. Uh, I, it, it, I, it, it, but like, mm, I don't know. Yeah, I'm. And here's the thing: it's like I'm, I'm struggling to find. Like, I know he had funny moments, and I know he had heroic moments, and. I genuinely enjoyed it, but like I'm having a hard time picking out the like high highs where like a lot of these people just like, yeah, it just comes immediately. And it didn't have like it was the middle of the summer, you know, like this wasn't like I don't think recency bias or yeah, anti recency bias. It's uh, it's fine, it's good, it's good. Yeah, I it's, to it's talk more about Brett him, Gelman, which but I'm having a hard time talking about him now that I'm here, and I think that says that he's a floater. Yep. Eve Best. Okay, I do remember I she's a floater with her. This is a bit of recency bias, but I suppose I think she was X. She was okay in the first. She really came into her own in mm-hmm. the second half of the season. She had a lot of pivotal scenes in the final two episodes. Um, and I think she's going to have a really strong season next year too, but I'm having a hard time figuring out what to do with her. Like it she seems like this is too low. The list for me. Um, I'm trying to find her level. I just think about all those scenes. Every time her and Corliss sat down to have a conversation, I feel like she was just electric. 
Um, okay. When she's sitting on the throne, and and people are coming throne. into her her court, uh, mm-hmm. the driftmark court, <laughs> uh huh, driftwood, the driftwood. Okay, How far let's play this go? game. Is yeah. she better than Brett Gelman? Uh, who is Brett Gelman? Oh, yes, that's uh, Murray. <laughs> Murray from Stranger Things. Uh-huh. Better than Laz Alonzo? Yeah. Better than Nate is Larry Wilson from For All Mankind. Mm-hmm. Better than the Francis Fogler Coppola. <laughs> yep. Better than Jason Clark. Well, I mean, this is easy. Uh, better than Marlon and Al mm-hmm. from The Offer. Uh, that's an easy one for you. Uh, okay, now we're getting to where this might be sticky. Better than Giovanna Ribisi. Yep. I'm going to say better than Burn Gorman. I would put her at eight. Okay. Just under right, the severance I get, crew. I can, I can get down with that. I can get down with that. Okay. Uh, boy, Ewan, Ewan Mitchell is Prince Aemon Targaryen. What is he doing here? Oh, right. What's he doing here? So this is the eye patch wherein big dragon taman. Uh, yeah, he sucks. He sucks, man. <laughs> big big mistake committing. Uh huh. You, you know, uh, lesser lesser version of Damon, wannabe Damon. But I don't know. I felt like I continue to like this guy. Like I, I feel like if I was in the Targaryen family, I would be this guy. He's very like, serious. Oh, I'm better serious. than this. Mm-hmm. I I take this more serious than than my father, the king. I take it more serious than my mother, the queen. I certainly take it more serious than the guy who's next in line in front of me. Uh, He's, he needs I'm, to look I'm around Targaryen. him and then and, and read the room. Take the temperature of the seriousness of the people around you and just mellow out a little bit to match him. Because you can't I don't change think these it. People are capable of chilling. You know, uh, he should. Like, he needs to. Uh, the, the, by circumstances, of his birth, his his ability to chill has been compromised. Mm-hmm. Um, it's gonna make it a tough life for him. Yeah, but, yeah. I, I, it, I, I again another one that I think is gonna come into his own for next season because mm-hmm, uh, they only mm-hmm. had like three or four episodes to really strut their stuff. Uh, these older kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Is he fine to flow here? I think. Okay, I I think he's. I think he's above the Gelmans and the Mother's Milk and the Larry Wilsons, but that's I love about it. the subtlety with which he is a shit to uh, Rhaenyra's kids. Like every time, like the insults that he's able to to yeah. levy against them. Yeah, recognize these my my uh, cousins, these these strong boys. Uh-huh, yeah, he's uh-huh. always got a way to shine them on. It's good stuff. Uh, and the, the, yeah, he he portrays that like fiery, I don't know, extremely confident person very well. But yeah, he's it's, also got that weird, off-putting Crispin Glover energy. Yes, like you're not I, like quite said, sure I, how to I, have a conversation with this guy. <laughs> I could go up to 16 with him. Seven, 17, I think, easy. 16 with a little bit of uh, thought and debate. What do you think? Yeah, why not? No thought and debate. Right. 16 sounds good. Okay. Who needs thought and debate? Now we're getting to tough. Tessa Thompson, who's done so much <sighs> great work on Westworld. 
Yeah, um, she's great. Westworld had kind of a had kind of like a come. Yeah, she's great. She had she kind of have uh, Westworld had kind of a comeback season until it didn't, and now it's gone away for good. Hell, you can't even like if you want to find out for yourself what you think. It's my understanding the Westworld is just not on HBO anymore. Yeah, it's gone. And they haven't licensed it out to anywhere. HBO so. original, just just gone. What they? I, I thought sure they they've licensed it somewhere. They're not. It's not licensed, and they just took it off. Why would they do that? Not yet, as far as I know. But maybe that's not true. Like if it, if it shuffles one? off as soon as it goes to I don't know uh, Fubu or whatever streaming network's going to get it. But like, god damn. We'll be right back with more bald move after this brief pause. And now back with more bald move series will be licensed to different streaming services but i want to say it hasn't hasn't happened yet yet. wild um okay so the big tessa thompson moments this season were her forming a throne of living people hold on sorry so update on february 1st um Many of the shows leaving HBO Max, including Westworld, will move to a new free streaming service that will be created in partnership with Tubi and the Roku channel. Okay. So, so presumably Tubi and or Roku has got it? No, it's a new it free? free. It's a new streaming service but, so created in partnership with those two streamers. So I don't, but it doesn't exist yet? I don't think so. So you just can't watch Westworld anywhere right now? Apparently, you can go get Blu-rays of previous seasons, but maybe not season four. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if they'll even make a, a a Blu-ray. I mean, why the fuck would they? To make more money, I suppose. Yeah. That's uh, why complete you do fourth it, right? season on Westworld on Amazon. So yes, you can watch it on Blu-ray. Anyway, uh, uh, yeah, Tessa Thompson. I don't feel like Tessa Thompson. No, looks like character. Yeah. It looks like you can get this on. You can buy it on Apple. Still. Oh, all right. So they're willing uh, oh, to so still can, make money. You can buy it, but you can't just stream it anywhere. Gotcha. Um, bizarre choice. Tessa Thompson, like I said, my, my enduring memory of her, is her sitting on a, la- a throne made of living people. Yep. Such, and it's so over the top, um, but it's also extremely delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's kind of it for me. I don't actually like the performance all that much. Yeah. yeah, I think I mean, it mostly it comes went, down to directing, but I just wish I knew where yeah. she was trying to go with this ascension too. Like, there's <laughs> so, so many open yeah. questions. Yeah. Uh, so I'm fine with actually floating her here uh, outside the top twenty. Uh, what about Ed Harris? Because he plays both the Man in Black yeah. and uh, whatever. Uh, I forget and, the Jimmy. Uh, J- the Jimmy Simpson character. Yeah, what? Shit, what is his name? It's not Robert. That's that's the other guy. It's Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. Oh my God, the Man in Black is always accredited as shit. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I got to look over Jimmy Simpson. Uh, that'll tell me who it is. Oh right. Spoil slight spoilers for season one of Westworld. Um, where? How far down do I have to find Jimmy? Oh, William. Ah, yeah, right, William. William. So he gets to play William and he gets to play the man in black. And it's funny because at the start of the season, William is quite a bit darker than the man in black. Mm-hmm. Like William is completely in on the joke and sees how absurd this guy is walking around thinking he is and thinking he's a, a pale imitation. Um, and I, I thought and he that, maintains that, was, that 
pretty much mm-hmm. through the end because he's like, you are me, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then and I think there is an exchange of power at the very end. That yeah, he kind of infects uh kind of infects the man in black with it i i think it's cool the the storyline is cooler than i guess anything he's actually asked to do performance wise the the mm. scenes where he's acting opposite himself i do like mhm um but yeah I, you know, I All like this stuff see- was going someplace interesting and they just took a little way too long to get there and they ran out of fucking uh runway i do really like the scenes i, I want to say it's like in the first episode this might be the first shot of the first episode of the season where he's sitting down inside the new park that they've built right they've turned new york into a park or whatever he's sitting down in that talking with humans who will come to find out are being controlled uh by the robots mm-hmm. and, and just telling them he's got this smug superiority over them in those yeah. scenes, because he knows what they don't know. Uh, I really like those scenes. How are we going to put Jeffrey Wright on one of these lists? I have a, I, I just, I well, think his, yeah, he's playing his, the crystal ball in this, and it's not super interesting. Yeah. yeah, his his Bernard was so like I'm not sure if he phoned it in or if that's what the performance called for. But I'm telling you, man, um, they directed these people to be more robot like. Yeah. Then yeah. I would have preferred. Yeah. Uh, so are we just going to leave them floating outside the top 20? Yeah, I'm good with that. Uh, boy, I don't think it's going to get much better for the next Daniel Wayman as a stranger. I want to talk about this because I thought this was a a great performance and it made the Nori character work. Sure. You know, like the chemistry between those two was off. It wouldn't work. And this is a this is essentially a mime performance uh, that he is, you know, showing these kind of hidden facets and depths of this character, this enormous power this character has. Um, and I thought he was really good at it. He's really good at like you have to care about this guy. You have to kind of like understand whether he's dangerous or not. You you have to and and what kind of perilous is he? Um, and I think, like I said, it's pretty tough to do without any words. Yeah, yeah, almost wordlessly. Uh, I did think it was an impressive performance in an otherwise yeah. shite show. And and one of my favorite, yeah, it's one of the plot lines that I think worked pretty much without notes. Uh, and similar to Owen, uh, Owen, uh, Arthur as uh-huh. during the fourth, uh, the dwarf stuff was really good. I thought uh, he he squares off with uh, Jim Dalos. Uh, King Jim uh-huh. Delos the first his dwarf father there's lots of good material between him and his dad lots of good material between him and his wife I think he had really great chemistry with Elrond mm-hmm. um, he's probably the most likable character on the show uh, I, think I so. love the dwarves yeah. I love the dwarves I love the kids I love their goofy boots I love their giant heads <laughs> their helmets helmets yeah I love their their drinking and their pickaxe competitions and I love their analogies or or the way they speak in analogies I, I love the way he finessed uh, a fine piece of elven furniture from an elf lord <laughs> what <laughs> I remember when he talked about how this is a say like that they 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 had a peace talk around this table oh, that this that yes. he's like how dare you and you set the this sacred, sacred stone table. that uh-huh. 
right? It's this is an insult to my family. He's like, oh, please take the tape. Yeah, just finesse that from him. Uh huh. Just figured he'd pretty, get a tape. Pretty slick. Pretty slick. Um, I would put, I would put him above the stranger, but like we're really splitting fine hairs in outside the top twenty. Yeah, and then presumably you want to say something nice about Crispin Weirdo Crispin Glover. Yeah, so he is in uh, a story where he kind of plays a Lovecraft s character. It's R- Pikmin, I think, is the name of this character. Um, yeah, Richard, Richard Upton Pikmin. Uh, he's in one episode, as you might expect of an anthology, but he has kind of the perfect energy. And I don't, I don't know how to rank a Crispin Glover performance because it's not. You won't be surprised by it. You'll say, "Oh no, Crispin Glover was the perfect casting for this character," because he's being Crispin Glover just in a very dark way. He he's not being quite as nerdy and uh, off-putting in that way. He's he's dark and brooding and off-putting in a different way this time. Awesome. Uh, it's a really really good performance. He's in. It also happens to be maybe the third best episode of that entire series. Um, so and he's a big Presumably part of why the Andy Lincoln episode was the the best one, and uh-huh. then who was the other? Kate Micucci. Uh, Kate the Kate Micucci was the second best. Yeah, yeah, and this is a close third. Uh, and Crispin Glover is a big part of why that episode succeeds. I, I want to say he plays opposite um, Logan from Westworld in that episode. Oh, interesting. Is he getting, is Crispin Glover getting old now? I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cause like the thing is he, he always, he never looks like he ages, but there's one of those speeds like that, that happens until it doesn't. He definitely Crispin doesn't Glover have a lot of age on his character. Um, he's supposed to be playing a student, an art student, which seems weird because Crispin Glover is probably like 50 something now. Oh, that's the, he's not that old. I thought he was like pushing 70, but he's only, he's like 58. So okay. I think he, he, I think he looks good for his age, but totally. I, like I said, I was kind of, cause I think I saw a picture of him in promos for this show uh-huh. and I'm like, God damn, he's actually aging pretty well. Uh, yeah. You know, I could buy him in early forties, but okay. Yeah. I thought he was like 68 and, and that's, that's not the case. So never mind. Um, um I, I think he deserves to be definitely not last on this list uh, okay well I mean, no one deserves to be last on this list but let me let's let me see if i can find the levels that we're at uh is he better than the westworld crew yeah okay uh does he make it above the larry wilson for all mankind barrier oh nate cordry um that's yeah 18 he'd get him in the top 20 all right so he's in the top 20. Uh, can we get him in the top 15? Is he above Anthony Ippolito's Al Pacino? Yes. No fucking shit? Okay. God you should watch, this, watch, this you should watch some of these episodes, man. They're really good. I'm definitely going to this year. this year's spooky season, um, if not before. Okay. Uh, are Here's we going really... to take him in the top 10? I uh, don't next... think so. The next boost would be above uh, Giovanni yeah. Ribisi 
burn Gorman Eve best. That's a tough, that's a tough sell, but I feel good about, yeah, 13. If you don't want to put him over winning time, people, that's fine. Uh, but yeah, that's good. Um, I think that that's pretty good. So we just uh, get fucked. Brett Gelman, you're out of the top 20 now. <laughs> uh, yeah. Look. Do you want to make any tweaks? Are we cool? Cause like I, you know, do, I, I, cause I, I don't know. Top 20 is, I don't know if I worry about that, but like, are, are we right. good? Let's, uh, let's look at our top five. Yeah. Stellan Skarsgård. Really? Luthen. Andor. Number one. We have a Star Wars. Star Wars character is going to win best supporting actor this Who'd year. Thunk? Matthew Good. Are we sure Matthew Good's not better than Stellan Skarsgård? We can talk about it. I I can't just like dismiss it out of hand here. I just like both of these properties. Mm-hmm. Like the offer was something I had like circled in red on my calendar, and I kind of watched it week by week. Uh, Andor was one of the ones I had as a red X on my calendar. I was one of more <laughs> week by week. I made about three weeks until just I started hearing just like oh my god this. This first trilogy of episodes is so fucking amazing, blah, blah, blah. And mm-hmm. I had to jump into it. So I made it to week nine. Everybody was like, best Star Wars since the originals. Yeah. yeah. So I checked it out. Yeah. Uh, I feel good about Stellan at number one over Matthew Good, but barely. Does Matthew Good have quietly the coolest ship in Star Star Wars? Matthew Good? Yeah, does he? What's his ship? Uh, he has any ship. He doesn't have any ship in Star Wars, so that's a rhetorical question. No, he can't be better than Stellan Skarsgård. <laughs> Very confused. Okay, yes, you're saying that Stellan Skarsgård has yeah, the coolest ship. Yeah, okay, exactly. And that exactly. Matthew Good does not. Gotcha. Now this is a question for you. Are you sure Michael Mando? And one of the best drama TV shows, as people keep telling me, of all time. Perhaps better than Breaking Bad. Get out of here. Get out of here. It's insane. Like, I am already, like, those takes are way too hot for me. And I haven't seen, I haven't seen season six, though. It's strong. It's fucking strong. Uh, is Michael Mando better than either of these two? Chuckleheads. No. No. Right. Are we sh- no. <laughs> Damn. Are we sure that Andy Circus isn't better than Michael Mando? Yes. All right. I have a hard I can't I can't judge that. Or mm-hmm. I'm I'm positive that Genevieve O'Reilly is not quite as good as Andy Circus. But I am not sure that Zach Cherry is not better than Mon Mothma. Oof. And it doesn't feel right to not have anyone in Severance in the top five here. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It, it, I'm not sure if it should be Zach or John Turturro. But like, I don't. I yeah. I think especially since I think Mon Mothma has a lot of room next year. Mm-hmm. But. Then we have a top five of just a pure sausage party. <laughs> Instead of a waffle party, yeah. Which, yeah. You don't want to yeah, attend the yeah. sausage party, trust me. Nah, nah. Waffle party's better. Yeah. I don't know, oh, man. God. What um, would a sausage party look like? 
I, what would a waffle party look like? <laughs> like? I couldn't have answered that before the final episode. So especially since so many of the parties are like what they said on the tin, man. You know, uh-huh. like, it's like the, uh, the fruit bar or whatever it was. The yeah, smoothie dance bar? party, the smoothie it? bar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like all that stuff. Uh huh. Sure, that made sense. The waffle party? No. I feel like Zach should be number five. Think so? I feel like Zach should be number four. Over Andy Circus. Damn. Yeah. Dylan has a child, you'll recall. There's like, a, I mean, that's like it wasn't just good times with him. He, I mean, that's how he started, but like they really painted him True. with a lot more shades and facets. Yeah, man. Genevieve Riley had a child. Mon Mothman a child. Mm-hmm. A lot of facets Selling there. Selling her into slave, sexual slavery to a mm-hmm. notorious gangster. Yeah. Can't reward that behavior as a top five to baldy performance. Hide her <laughs> duplicitous deeds. Yeah. Uh no, I, I think it's I think it's it's clearly he's better than uh the, the Dylan G role's better than Mon Mothman. I think it's better than Kino Loy. That's what I would do. I would take Zach to number four. Andy Rikus, Andy Rikus, Andy Circus is number five, and then that's our top five. But at the very least, I'd put her over. I, I put him over Zach, or I'd put Zach over Genevieve. Okay, maybe we can compromise and do that. Because I I just love Andy Circus's Kino. He's good. It'd still be a top five performance if we put Zach over. Over Andy. Hmm. How do we feel about the... If you're not flexing on that, how do we feel about the top 10? Like, the people threatening into the top 10 are... Yeah, I feel... I feel yeah, good I, about I'm, that. I'm looking at the top 10 right now. Mm-hmm. It's Genevieve Riley seeing... at 6, John Turturro, Eve Best, Bern Gorman, and Giovanni Ribisi. Yeah. I think that's pretty good. I think we did it. All right. I can't help but notice top five is where Severance tops out. Because best actor. On supporting actor. Well, Britt Brit Lower got, for Heli, oh, got right. number five on best actor. It's such an ensemble cast. And I know. It's, this, that and and that's chances. also so much of just like the plot, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like this, the conceit of the show just keeps a lot of the big star players from doing big like they're, they're kind of almost playing children. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's at a, least it's a it's a tough it's a tough role to wrap your head around. I think at least half the time. Yeah. Okay. Well, that sounds good. Um, Are we? I mean, we. It's so. Uh, I guess one year into it, how how are we feeling about the actor supporting actor? Because I I, can't, I also I'm can't dubious. help but notice that we have a top five that has zero women. Uh huh. And uh, and a list we, overall for supporting that only had like I said four. I think one. And again, I don't think there's anything inherently superior about women's performances over men um, or men's performance over women. I do think that, like, you know, to the extent that America still in the 2020s uh, has a lot of sexist characteristics to it, that still to this day, men get the majority of the really meaty, heroic roles. Yeah. 
uh, people see men in these roles as uh, more interesting, more, you know, like, like men are, yeah, like they're just, there's just a lot of built-in advantages to them. And uh, I think in the fullness of time, those will kind of level out as society can, if society continues to kind of improve and normalize, but where we're at right now, we got, uh, we got, we got all men, all men doing the best work. Uh, no women in the top five of best supporting actor. Apparently so. Jesus. Well, we'll see what happens next year, I guess. Yeah. I'm very curious to see what people have to say about this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, assuming that uh, we don't have any non-binary peeps, maybe we go back to just, to, I don't know. I'm just I'm curious to see what the bald move community thinks. Mm-hmm. more than anything and then we'll have another year to think about it all right that's it uh do we have any other categories we want to consider uh i think we only have one category left and it's kind of a monster i don't yeah, know if we have probably time. more than we can open up and get into yeah we got time scheduled so well okay we'll do it next time that'll do it for today's deliberations thanks for listening guys and gals <laughs> and, don't want to leave you off the listenership and non-binary people yeah and those that lie between the classifications uh take care